First uh, Samuel chapter fifteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow through this pretty quick, actually. Um, you know, I was I was I was looking at uh, realizing something the other day, brother Justin, that seven years have been full time down on the mission field now, and I've come back three times. This is the third time I've been back, and the third time they've had me, you know, preach every time I come back. You know what? It's always been on Super Bowl Sunday. Every single time. Look back. All three times have been Super Bowl Sunday. I, 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 and no, yeah, I'm pulling for the Chiefs because I'm a Cowboys fan. Die hard, yes or no. And so, yeah, the Eagles, yeah, forget it. Not, not in a good mood right now. So um, let's, start, uh, let's start reading here real quick. And in, in, in verse 1, I'm going to read a little bit and then I'll skip down some. And so just follow with me if you would. And so, we're still doing all right? Okay, all right. Time to wake up now, all right? We're moving. So, uh, um, 1 Samuel chapter 15. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord a host. I remember which, uh, um, that, that which Amalek did. Uh, to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox, sheep, com- uh, camel and ass, and Saul, and Saul, Saul, I'm mixing Spanish in the, uh, gathered the people together and numbered them and Talam, 200,000 footmen, 10,000 men of Judah, and Saul came to the city of Amalek. And laid wait in the valley, and, and we're going to um, come down to verse 7, and said, And Saul smote uh, the Amalekites from Havilah until thou, uh, thou comest to Shur, that is, over against Egypt. And he took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatlings, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse they, that they destroyed Utterly, Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, verse 11, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for this, for he has turned his back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. Now we're going to uh, jump down to verse 18. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then thou uh, didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Excuse me. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoils, sheep and oxen, and chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord God, thy God, in Gilgal. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For the rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. 
And so I want to focus tonight on this, on this phrase here, to obey is better than sacrifice. Because I think we get into some things nowadays, uh, and, and, and we get to where we are, we're serving God and we're doing things, and, and, and we're sacrificing a lot. Sometimes time, sometimes other things, resources and whatnot, and we think we're doing good. But we're, we're, we're not obeying in other areas. And God gives us some specific commandments and said, no, I need you to obey this. I, your, your sacrifices don't mean anything if you're not obeying what I've laid out that you have to do. And so I want to I wanna talk about that for a few minutes tonight. If you'll let me, let's pray. And then, um, and then we'll get going here, all right? And so, Father, thank you uh, one more time this evening. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love for us. And Thank you for this opportunity and privilege that we have to be in your house tonight. We love you, Father, and we thank you for your word. We pray that you would bless it this evening. Bless these that have come tonight. Bless those that are watching online and, and others that may see this in the future. And Father, we ask that you, would, uh, that you would just enter into our hearts and minds this evening. That you'd forgive us of any sins or anything that's uh, between you and us this evening that we could... Uh, Allow your Holy Spirit to work mightily in our lives. We want to come, we came here to be changed, we came here to be transformed by your word. And Father, you've blessed us with great singing, with great uh, adoration to your name this evening. But now we want to be blessed by your Holy Spirit through your word. So use this moments that we have here together and all would be for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so what we have here is we got Samuel. We got Saul, and he, he did, and he did this. He's done all these things, and now he's he's being presented, and he's and he's confused. He said, "Yeah, you know, I know what God said, but we, we didn't keep these for ourselves. We spoiled the land because we want to take this and offer it to God." And God said, "I don't want the filth from the world. I have specific animals, and we have a specific process for all that for the sacrifices. I don't need their garbage, and I don't want you to do it that way." And, and you disobeyed, so now you're done. You're out. It's over. You're not king anymore. And they're like, and, and you know, Saul didn't take that very well, and eventually he dies. And he dies in, in a very terrible way. And, uh, but, you know, God comes at us with, with a lot of different things. And, and, and he says, I need you to obey. And, and you know, and, and like I mentioned, we sacrifice a lot sometimes. But we're disobedient in, in where the commands are. You know, like t- this evening, nobody here in church tonight is sacrificing. You're not sacrificing by being in church on Sunday night. You're being obedient, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It's command of God. You know, when you come on Wednesday night, you're not sacrificing. You're being obedient. You following me? When you come to Sunday school and Sunday morning, when you come to all of it, that's not a sacrifice. That's being obedient to God's word. You following me? Whenever we, we, we pay our tithes, and, you know, and I, was, and I was studying this out a little bit, and it's been suggested, yeah, uh, uh, all through the ages that the tithes, you know, we don't give our tithes, we pay our tithes, we owe that to God. And, and, and then you say, well, that, you know, the Old Testament, and that was given, that was something given the Jews were, were commanded to tithe and give their 10%, and we're not under that law. Okay, I heard a preacher say, well, you don't want to be worse than a Jew, so give at least 10%. And so, <laughs> some of you will get that in a second. So, 
But he, uh, and, and I was like, well, you know what? He had a point. Yeah, no. But the Bible does say also over in Timothy that all Scripture was given. So that means the ultimate, you can't just pick and choose where you want to, where you want to leave off, you know? Everybody enjoys breathing. You know, that kind of started over in the Old Testament, didn't it? I mean, there's a lot of good things happened over in the Old Testament that we enjoy, right? And so, you know, you can't just pick and choose where you're going to obey, where you're going to draw the line, and what you're going to... It's all or nothing. And it's not like God's so grievous to us that He says, you know, I got this whole long list uh, of commands and stuff. He says, I want you to love me, and I want you to love others with the love that I show you. I want that love to permeate in your life. I want you to be light, I want you to be salt. I want you to be, I want you to reflect my love with every aspect of your life, with your marriage, with your family, with every way, the way you work, the way you are, are a boss, the way of everything that you do. I want it to reflect me and my love for the world. And he says, I, I, I don't, uh, he doesn't really put a whole lot on us. He just says, go to my house whenever the doors are open. Get recharged spiritually. Enjoy the fellowship with others. Enjoy what's going on over there and sing praises to, to, to God and, 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 and get all the recharge that you need and take in so that you have something to give out. You know, you can't give what you don't have. So if you're not here taking in, what are you giving out all week? Well, we come back in the middle of the week because we got to get, get it again. It's not enough. You can't come Sunday and say, and so many that would be here even this evening, you're probably not here in the service on Sunday mornings. You're somewhere giving. So when are you taking in? Well, you've got to be here Sunday night. You've got to be here Wednesday night. You've got to be here when there's uh, special opportunities. You've got you to get it. So what are you giving out? And, and, and so many Christians end up burning out and end up quitting and end up stopping. Why? Because they don't take in. God says, you know, I want you to love my word. Make it your delight. Day and night. I'm trying to remember what it is in English. Yeah, I got it all in. But he says, I want you to meditate on it. I want you to love it. I want you to be, it needs to be part of you. You need to be in God's word. All day, every day. I got, I got two kids that are working for us right now. They're, one's 19, the other one's 21. They're working for the church. And, and they've been going and going and going and going. And I stopped it all. Right about three or four weeks ago, and I said, "You guys got a new schedule. You're out knocking on doors, and you're out soul winning, and you're and you're out and you're and you're serving, and you're doing all these things, and that's fine." I said, "But when are you reading your Bibles? When are you praying?" Oh, Pastor, I said, "No, no, no. Well, we're doing it at night in the evening before we go to bed." I said, "So you've been carrying that garbage from yesterday with you all day, trying to do God's work." I said, no, you, you, here's what you're going to do. From 8 o'clock in the morning till noon, Monday through Friday, you're going to be at the church. And the first two hours is prayer time. And the next two hours is Bible time. Four hours every day, Monday through Friday, 20 hours a week, that's your job. And they looked at me and they're like, whoa. Then they started doing it. And they've been doing it for four weeks now. You know what's happened over the last 10 days? They've gotten more done in the last 10 days than they did in the last 10 months. They've been more productive. And I looked at them and I said, you can't give what you don't have. You need to take it in. You've got you to get along with God. 
He says, I want you to love my word. I want you to be in there. I want to speak to you every day. He says, I want you to come to me with all your needs. I want you to come to me with everything that you got. He says, if you seek my kingdom first, and all of this, all of these things will be added unto you. He's a Christian. He says, look, you're my, you're my sons, you're my daughters. I don't care. You, you, you can, I will take care. If you do this, then you won't have to worry about what you're going to eat. You're not going to have to worry about what you're going to wear. You're not going to have to worry about your home. You're not going to have to worry about any of your needs. I got it. I'm Papa Dios. I'm, I'm Father God. I take care of all of it. Sorry, it snuck out there. And so, he's like, it's my responsibility. I have children. I have a wife. I have a responsibility in my family to provide for them. God says, you are my children. It's my responsibility to provide for you. But this is what I want. If you'll do this, then you won't have to worry about nothing. If you don't, well, then you can keep beating your head against the wall and sitting there stressed out. You know, I, I, I was, uh, I, I, I love it. I love, I love living stress-free. I love not having to worry about it. The psalmist said, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? What can the righteous do? Well, we found out, didn't we? When the foundations were destroyed in the entire world a few years ago, didn't we? Found out. The, the weak got weaker and the strong got stronger. Saw exactly what happened. And, and we went down and we we're there in Peru and I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm going back and forth and I'm trying to figure out. And I, I locked myself in a room for three weeks. I was completely depressed. I was like, this stinks. I didn't actually think they were going to close the whole world down. What am I supposed to do? And now I'm just sitting here. It wasn't like around here. I mean, we were like a military lockdown. Like they took over the streets. You were allowed out of your house once a day for an hour to go to the grocery store. That was it. It was complete. They just lifted the mask mandate in October. And not just one, double mask. If you wanted to go into the grocery store, any store, anything, bank, whatever, you had to have, they got us all the way up to three vaccines. Oh yeah, I can feel my kidneys failing already. Triple vaxxed, man. And a double mask. So I could buy food. Man, don't think you got it tough here. Yeah, you got, you got a weirdo in, in charge of the state, but it wasn't that bad. I, I mean, you saw the video. Yeah, they, they opened up. They allow us to just, the Catholic churches and everybody, you could open up to just pray. That was it. You couldn't have a church service. That was just praying. That's a, the Catholic churches in, in 2022, they, er, in 2020, they asked permission to open the door so people come in and pray. And that extended. There's no d- discrimination between religions in Peru, thank the Lord, so they don't get special privileges that don't apply to anybody else. And so that extended to everybody. So I said, Pastor, what are we going to do? Every church service is a prayer meeting. We just pray different around here. Amen. We've got to have a little prelude to it. So, yeah, I didn't go there to fail. I didn't go there looking for reasons to go do nothing. Amen. I, I mean, I take it really seriously. We, we started uh, putting video packages together every single week for the Sunday school. And, and I'd take the uh, little brown bags and I'd go to the store and I'd, and I'd get some juice boxes and some cookies or something. And the Sunday school lessons, we'd print them out and I'd go deliver them to 50 kids every week. And then they'd color their pages and they'd write their names on it and they'd hold up a picture. And their mom would take a picture and send it to Marjorie. And then we, we had one lady in her house doing the Bible verse and send us the video of it. And another one teaching the lesson and the other one doing it. It, we, we found a way around it. 
I mean, and, and you know, it's really, and, and I'm looking at it, and I had pastors calling me, mad, because we opened our church, and they're like, all our people are going to your church, what's going on? I said, well, open yours up then. I mean, what do you want? <laughs> and I told the people, I said, Doors are open until your church is open. If you want to, if you want to go to, if you want to come here because we're open and you want to be here, and, and as soon as your church opens, then you go back and no hard feelings. You just you available. And they're like, well, what about the law? I said, what law? You got it? not breaking the law. I said, but even if they it, it, it said absolutely illegal church, you know. You, you have an obligation, yes, to obey the laws of the land until it commands you to disobey God's word. So, we found a way around it. You guys did. Hey, just pull up in the parking lot. You don't even have to get out and walk. It's pretty nice, huh? Yeah. I saw Brother Treber found a way. For years... Over a year, out in his parking lot. I don't know what the heater things were all about. He lives in a desert, but anyways. No, I mean, if you're motivated, you want to do it. If you're going to be obedient, then you got... The Bible says that a, 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 a double-minded man is inconsistent, unstable in all his ways. And the Bible says it's better. He said, Samuel told Saul, he says, look... We don't care what you did. God said, do it this way. You didn't do it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. He doesn't need the fat rams. He doesn't need the sacrifice. He doesn't need that. He needs you to be obedient to what he commanded you to do. In Psalms chapter 40, if you go with with me really quick, we're going to run through the Bible. It doesn't just say it here. There's a lot of different places. Psalms chapter 40 and verse 6, and uh, and it says, Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. My ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me. I will delight to do thy will. O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. Psalm 50 and verse 8, it says there that, 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 that uh, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy Burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor the he goats, nor thy birds, for every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills, and the hills the cattle are on. Amen. And he says, and I know the fowls and the mountains and the wild beasts and the field are all mine. And he says, I don't need it all. This is what I want. I want you to be obedient. Miriam, uh, look with me in Proverbs in chapter 21. Proverbs in chapter 21. Oh, you guys are lazy. Yeah, you're not... You're watching that. I'm doing all the work up here. What's going on? <laughs> Help us. Verse 3. And it says, uh, To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Isaiah chapter 1. Well, let's, let's go over there. Isaiah chapter 1. And it says, in ver- I'm not going to tell you the verse until, yeah, until I get there. Okay? Verse 11. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams, of the fat of the fed beasts, and, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or, the, or, or of lambs or, the, or of the he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incense, and an abomination unto me, the new moons, the Sabbaths, the calling of the assemblies. I cannot away with. 
it is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons, your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make ye clean, put away the evil of your doings. And from before mine eyes cease to do evil and learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the father's plead for the widow. He said, this is what I want. I want obedience, not sacrifices. Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 7, Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 22. And he says over there, that, that, uh, 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 for I spake not on, uh, not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. He said, This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm actually requiring of you. See, see, we go day after day after day doing things, sacrificing. And God's like, I didn't ask for that. I asked for obedience. So what are we doing? Are, are, are we being obedient to his word? Are we being obedient to be in his house? Are we being obedient in, 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 in our soul winning and our testifying? Are we being obedient in what we're giving are we being faithful stewards as he's commanded us to do? Are we administrating all of our resources well? Including our time? And your time is your, big, your, your biggest resource, not your money. And, and, and you know, there's a reason why some people get more done in a day than others. It's, 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 yeah. Mark out your time, really look at it. I could do it for you in about five seconds. Give me your phone. Shows you right there on there. There's a little, there's a little tab you can go into and your health and all that. And your, 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 it shows you. I get an alert every day. Shows me where I spent all the time on my phone yesterday, in the last 24 hours. Shows you how much time you spend on every app and all that. Say, I don't have Facebook, so I don't have the problem. Church has Facebook. My wife has Facebook. I don't have Facebook. I said, why not? Why? What, what is on there that's changing my life? I, I you know, I, I, I was adamantly preached against it. I, I hated it. I was open again. I had nothing to do with it. And then COVID hit and I had to change my position just a little. <laughs> I said, you know, maybe there might be something good to this. But we started transmitting our services, and I got two guys that are in charge of that. And this one guy is in charge of all the publications and all the pictures and all the publicity for the church now. And every month he sends me an, uh, 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 an information. He sends me a report at the end of every month about how it went, how many new people came in to see it, and how many interactions there were, and how many people visited the church because they saw our, our transmission on Facebook. And I was like, oh, well, now there's... Okay, you know, it's amazing how many areas we're not obedient to the word of God, but we sacrifice and we sacrifice and we sacrifice and we say, yeah, but God should be pleased with this. He says, I'm not. 
I'm, I'm really not digging it. I'd rather you be obedient. If I tell Elijah to take out the trash and then he comes to me and says, Yeah, I cleaned my room, Daddy. Well, did you take out the trash? No, but I cleaned my room. The trash is still here. <laughs> no. I mean, now the garbage truck's going by. See, it's not like now I've got to deal with it for another day. And they're like, but... No, I'd rather, yeah, okay. You sacrificed and did this over here trying to make me happy, but... See, see, Elijah, we have a rule. He plays the piano, and he's starting to play. He's been playing the last few weeks for the church now, 11 years old, and, he's, and God has blessed him. And he's got an incredible gift. He's just really lazy about practicing. Not lazy about video games, but he's lazy about... So I have a rule with him. I say, for every minute you practice your piano, you get 30 seconds on the computer. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, so you want 15 minutes of video games? Hey, I want a half an hour of piano practice. And he, ah. and he sits down. And you could tell it, just the way he starts playing, his attitude. And then it, then it picks up after a few minutes. The melodies start going. The music changes him a little bit. And he gets into it. And then he's happy. And then, and, and, but you know what he wanted for Christmas? It was a watch. And I thought, oh, cool, he wants a watch. You know, he's that age. No, he wanted a watch so he could sit there and time himself on the computer, or on the, on the, on the piano, so that he can figure out how much time he gets. I'm like, you little stinker, smarter than me. And he swindled me. No, but I said, you want something. I want something. So you're going to have to sacrifice, and you're going to have to be obedient over here, and then you can waste your time over there. But, you know, where, where, where are we not being obedient at? You, you know, it, it, there's so much, uh, uh, and it's not hard. God says, you know, I, I put you in a place specifically, where you work, where you go to school, where you're at. I'm the only Christian, Pastor. There's nowhere else. There's nobody else around. It's really hard. You don't get it. I'm the only Christian where I work. I'm the only Christian in my department. Wow. What an incredible opportunity you have. God puts you there. You're the only Christian. Quit looking at it like, oh, I'm the only Christian. No. Look at it like, well, I'm the only Christian here. I'm the only hope any of these people have to know the truth. God's given me an incredible opportunity. I don't have time to go soul winning because I'm always working. You're the only Christian where you work. What are you doing with it? You following me? I said, this whole thing, I mean, we set up soul winning times just to try and help people out. All right? But you're supposed to be a soul winner all the time. Your whole life is supposed to be winning people to Christ. Your marriage is supposed to be winning people to Christ. Your family, everything about your life, if you're a Christian, is supposed to be winning people to Christ. Oh, man. Look what it says here in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. You still with me? Don't get mad. I haven't, I, I'm, I'm taking it easy tonight. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 6. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. 
Then said I, lo, I come in, I come in the volume of the books that is written of me to do thy will, O God, above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1. You can get over there. You guys already read it. And so, keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. <clears throat> Hosea chapter 6. In verse uh, 6, and it says, uh, 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 For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Matthew chapter 9. You go over there really quick. In chapter 9, Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. You still following me here? Don't worry the game. You guys are all recording it. We're going to have a big party afterwards. Don't worry. I remember, where I live, it's all about soccer. So, you know, you got the World Cup. Church wasn't over 10 seconds, brother, and they already had it on the screen in the auditorium. <laughs> Those guys were all about it. So, oh man, they, 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 nobody's going nowhere. We don't, you know, just put it on. And they had the snacks. They came prepared. They didn't even tell me they were doing it. <laughs> just, just, there it was. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing it here. So... But, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 13, and he says here, and he says, uh, but... Go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Chapter 12, verse 7, Matthew. And he says over here, and he says, e, 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 But if you had known what, it, what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would have condemned the guiltless. He says over Mark in chapter, Mark in chapter 12. Mark in chapter 12. Verse 33, and he says, And to love him with all thy heart, and with all thy understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. You know, another area where we're commanded to be uh, uh, is obedient, is in, 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 and we, we won't get to all of it, but here is in, is in teaching our children. You know, parent, it is your responsibility to teach your children the Word of God. Not just... Sunday school and church is good, and they need to be here, and they need to learn it here. But that's your responsibility. You go over here to Deuteronomy in chapter 6, he laid it out pretty clear. And you know what? The responsibility doesn't just stop with your children. I want you to see this really quick. You probably know it already, but... Let's take a look over here at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land whither you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord God uh, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I commanded thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore Israel and reserve to do it. That me be well with thee and that ye may increase mightily as the Lord 
Lord God of thy fathers have promised thee in a land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I commanded thee, this day shall, thy, uh, shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy... And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house... And when thou walkest by the way, and when thou lowest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as uh, frontlets between thy eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house, and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee up out of the land, or brought thee into the land which he swore unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things, which thou fillest not, and wells dig, which thou digs not, vineyards, and olive trees which thou plantest not and when thou shalt have eaten to be full then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage he said look I, you're supposed to teach this diligently everywhere not just at home but he says where when you're going by the way when you're walking down the street when you're out in the store when you're with your children not just your children your children's children the responsibility is to your great is to your grandchildren doesn't stop just with your kids. You have a responsibility to the next generation. That's when it ends. You know, you go to the Great Commission, and yes, we go, we win people to Christ, and we disciple them, and we baptize them, and we get them, and we get them going, and, and they're there. But you know what? He said, teach them. Your responsibility doesn't end with your convert until your convert can win somebody else to Christ. That's when your responsibility ends. Not just when you bring them to church and they get baptized, now they're in the system. No, you want them to Christ. God says, no, no, you go, you win them, you tell them, you get them here. You make sure they follow and be obedient in baptism. And then you teach them to observe all things. Not the pastor. The pastor will do it. But your responsibility, your convert, is until they can do it. You've got to take them all the way. And we've been we've been doing this in our in our in our guys in the institute and our girls and everybody and they're in there and they're winning people to Christ and they're getting them to church and they're starting to get baptized and they disciple their own converts and then they're starting to take them out soul winning and they're starting to teach them how to go out and go visiting with them. They said, Pastor, we don't have anybody to go with us. I said, Well, call the people you've been leading to Christ. Ask them to go with you. They're like, Huh? Never thought of that. No, it's been multiplying. I mean, you, you see numbers, and numbers are great, and, and, and God loves numbers, and, he's, and He loves multitudes getting saved and all that. And people say, wow, out of all those, we have names of all those over 2,900 people, and we've been following up on them over the last month and a half, two months now, and many of them have been coming to church. Because of that Christmas program, we've started two other site churches. We started those in areas where we actually had campaigns. I got, I got ten places I could start a church right now. I just need people to do it. And money. Money, money makes the world go around, right? Pastor Roman asked me today, he says, John, I don't have it, but if I gave you a million dollars right now, what would you do with it? <laughs> you really want to know? He wasn't expecting me to actually have an answer. Oh, I've been thinking about it. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we bought a piece of property and, 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 and we spent $20,000 to buy this property and then we got about 50,000 
dollars invested in developing it up to right now. And so we got about $70,000 invested into this property. And now they're, they're coming through the airport and the government and they want to buy the whole area. We're the only ones left that haven't sold in our entire block there. And they're coming after us, so I brought an assessor in to come in and tell me, how much is your property valued at with all the buildings and everything? And they came in, gave me an official report. It's worth over $350,000. I said, <laughs> now what? Well, we got 650 square meters. That's our size of our property. Everything's in meters. I don't know what it is in feet, but meters. 650 square meters. In a neighborhood just up the road, five minutes from where we're at, there's an entire city block for sale, 5,000 meters. Boom. The guy said, I'm, I have it up for sale for $280,000, but for the church and for your project and the school and everything, I know what's going on with the airport. I'll hold on to it as long as I can for you. Unless somebody shows up with cash, you guys are first in line. I'll give it to you for $205,000. I was like, ooh, that leaves me like $150,000 grand to build with. You got a plan? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to build an 1,100-seat auditorium and a school with 36 classrooms, and that's in the first floor. Then we're going to keep going. Oh, yeah. How are you going to pay for that? I don't know. It's not my problem. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I don't have to pay for it. Not my problem. I'm not worried about how I'm going to pay for it. He said, you do this, I'll take care of it. You know, he writes pretty good checks. And they never balance. He says, I own everything. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it. They come in, they want to give me money. Okay, that's fine. We're just going to keep being obedient. They come in, they say, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, or we're going to shut you down, we're going to do this. And they're coming in, and they're coming after churches now, and, 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 and all kinds of stuff with the taxes, and the new... And they're changing laws and they're trying to yeah, figure stuff out. And it's going to change a lot of stuff that we have to do and everything. And we're like, okay, we'll figure it all out. Everybody's like, Pastor, why don't you worry about anything? Because I, I don't have to. You know, I was studying this out a while back. And I, was, and I started realizing something about in Hebrews when it talks about that sin that so easily besets us. And, you know, uh, uh, we were talking about this sin. And so many times, what do we do? We think that that... It, you know, for Pastor Justin, that's one thing that, that he fights with. And with Derek, it's something he fights with. And with me, it's something else that I fight with. No, it's the same sin. There's one sin. My study revealed to me that's the same for everybody. It's just one thing it's making reference to. It's a lack of faith. When you start lacking faith, that leads to all the other sins. And that moment when you lack faith, that's the sin that so easily besets us. We get to a point where obeying this isn't good enough. We try to cover it up with sacrifices. It doesn't work. And he says, hey, obedience is better than sacrifice. So let's just stick with that. Amen? Let's, let's pray tonight. Let's come to, uh, Pastor, you want to come up? And let's all stand to our feet, I guess, for a minute, and Pastor will close us out here. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's pray, and then we'll have an invitation time. Lord, we sure do love you. Uh, thank you for loving us, and thank you for this message tonight uh, that, that your man brought to us. And Lord, I pray that you help it, Lord, penetrate our hearts. And 
Lord, you've touched hearts, I'm sure, and whatever needs to be done tonight, may we take care of it and do it. Uh, we sure do love it, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. And in Jesus' name, amen. The piano is going to be able to play. If you could stand, you're already standing to your feet, but if the uh, Lord's touched your heart tonight, the altar's open. Maybe you'd like to come forward. Uh, maybe you'd like to pray there in your pew. That's fine. Uh, but may I encourage us to just take some time and say, Lord, uh, what would you have me to do? What areas do I need to obey? What areas do I need to give to you? What areas maybe are you striking my heart about? Um, it's different for every single one. But I do know one thing. If, if God's touched your heart, we need to take a moment here and just give it to him. And maybe you feel like you're where God needs you to be. May I encourage you to just take a moment and just pray silently. And uh, just pray for maybe your neighbor next to you or someone across the way and say, Lord, please bless that person and touch their life and help them, strengthen them, help their faith to grow. And I think we all can grow in that area of faith. I know I need to. And uh, just take a minute or two there and pray as God would have you to uh, as the piano plays. seated. Thank you, Brother Biazza. What a blessing. And uh, looking forward to seeing how God continues to bless that ministry. And I, love, I appreciate the vision. Uh, as I was looking through that building on the pictures, I can just remember that being us at one point there in Turlock. And I know many of you went through that here as the church grew. And uh, being able to take a building and making it functional for the cause of Christ. And it's exciting to hear they're filling it up and now starting other works and uh, we're just happy to be a part of that, are we not? Let's go ahead and watch the next video if we can, and then we'll be dismissed. Grandview Christian Academy registration for next school year will be opening to church members and current school families tomorrow, February 13th. After three weeks, registration will be open to the public, so be sure to get your registration in as soon as possible. The next Starting Point class will be next Sunday, February 19th. Starting Point is an opportunity for you to explore membership at Grandview, to find out more about growing in your relationship with Christ, getting connected and plugged in, and to ask any questions that you might have. Enjoy a delicious meal while learning how to take the next step in your journey of faith here at Grandview. Child care is provided. If you would like to be a part of this class, please sign up at the welcome desk. We are looking forward to Youth Explosion. This public school youth revival will be on March 6th through 8th. As a result of this outreach, over 1,500 area teenagers have the opportunity to accept Christ as their Savior. There are two ways to get involved. First, join us in prayer that God will bless our efforts to see many teenagers trust Christ as their Savior. Secondly, you can help us in giving as we prepare and plan this event. Don't miss the next Lady Service Ministry meeting this Wednesday, February 15th from 1 to 3 p.m. We will be meeting at the Forest Creek Park Lodge. There will be a potluck lunch, so bring a dish to share. We will have a short devotion as well as a drawing for door prizes. Come join us as we work together to equip, encourage, and extend the work of Grandview. 
If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great week and we'll see you Wednesday night at 7. Okay, Brother Colby, you ready to turn it on? No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. And uh, Brother Biaz, I had no idea that you preached every time on Super Bowl Sunday. That wasn't planned, but I guess that's what the Lord had for us tonight. So I hope you have a great week. Uh, We'll see you Wednesday if you can make it back. You are dismissed. (laughs) Thank you.